Giles Bickford, our business editor, is with us. Kia ora, Giles, and that labour market is staying tight. What did, what did that, uh, those stats tell us this morning? Kia ora, Tia Mani. Well, it, it tells us that we're still a pretty fully employed uh, economy. We are gaining wage increases close to, or in some cases actually beating the rate of inflation, so household incomes are still holding up. Interestingly, though, there are a few signs that perhaps the labour market might be turning. It's um, number of jobs that were created during the quarter, quite low, just around 4,000 for the quarter. The number of people who are looking for work or want to do more work also increasing. That's the slack, uh, measure of slack in the, uh, in the market. So overall, uh, labour markets are usually one of the last things to slow down in the economy. We might just be seeing a few signs here that the labour market has peaked or is close to peaking. And to actually get a bit more detail and insight into this, uh, I'm joined by ANZ economist Finn Robinson. Kira to you, Finn. Good afternoon. Now, I've just done a back-of-the-postage uh, stamp uh, analysis there. You can give me the uh, the, the real oil. This is a, a labour market that's been drum-tight for a couple of years now. We've been hearing from businesses that can't find staff. They've had to pay more to hold on to staff or to recruit them. Just what do you read into these numbers that we've seen this morning? Yeah, so the data is certainly still very strong. If we look at the labour market in a historical context, you know, an unemployment rate of 3.4%. Now, that debt increased from 3.3 previously, but that's still very low by historical standards. Uh, but what we are seeing, uh, as you say, are just some, some signs of the edges that things aren't quite as strong as they have been. That sort of unstoppable momentum we saw over 2022 does look like it softened uh, in the December quarter. So we saw, you know, as you've mentioned, the underutilization rate increase. And even measures of wage growth, you know, they were very strong, but they just weren't quite as strong as expected. And a big example of that is the um, average hourly earnings for private sector workers were up 8.1% in the year. Now, that's very strong, but it is a decrease from the 8.6% increase we saw in the last quarter. Well, looking at this, uh, as I was saying to Mani, the, the labour market is usually one of the last parts of the economy to start slowing. Just why is that? Is this because firms prefer to hang on to workers for as long as they can rather go through the hassle of laying them off and then having to rehire and retrain? Yeah, it's exactly that. I mean, you know, having to go through big turnover in your workforce is a really costly and time-intensive endeavour, and especially... And what we've seen over the past couple of years that shortages of labour have been the number one problem facing businesses, uh, you know, over 2021 and 2022. Uh, you know, businesses will be reticent to let staff go uh, at any time soon because it has been so difficult to find those people. Uh, but over time, as we do start to see demand in the economy softening, as the Reserve Bank's interest rate hikes slow the economy down, uh, that's when we really start to see demand for workers easing. We start to see employment growth slowing like we are starting to see now. And that's where you start to see the labour market soften. But it takes a long time from you know, interest rates starting to rise to where we actually see a slowing economy impacting the labour market itself. These uh, numbers, though, suggest that a lot of, you know, with uh, high employment levels, strong wage growth, that households are in reasonably good shape uh, to face an economic slowdown. Yeah, the, we've got a very solid starting point for the labour market. You know, we've got the participation rate at a record high, the employment rate at a record high. And, you know, employment growth has slowed a lot, but it is still growing. And, you know, the wage situation, we are seeing that average hourly earnings are exceeding or, or meeting at least inflation. So 
So as, as we look towards 2023, and you know we are forecasting, and the Reserve Bank is forecasting a mild recession this year, uh, households are well placed at the moment, at least, uh, to, to get through that. Well, these numbers were below market expectations by a shade. They were also softer than the Reserve Bank had been forecasting back in November, albeit things have changed quite a bit since then. But put these together with last week's inflation numbers, which were also below what the Reserve Bank had been forecasting. Does this mean that AG&R can afford to just ease up a bit on the rate of interest rate rises? That's certainly what we're expecting to see. So last week we saw that domestic inflation wasn't quite as bad as the Reserve Bank feared. You know, they raised the official cash rate 75 basis points in November. That's three times what they usually do. But yeah, we think when you combine you know, weaker inflation last week, or at least domestic inflation was weaker, with this week's data, which shows that actually the labour market isn't quite as tight as the Reserve Bank was expecting to see. But that gives them the flexibility to just ease back on those interest rate hikes. And we're forecasting a 50 basis point hike in February now rather than a 75 basis point hike, which we did expect after the Reserve Bank November uh, review. Basically, uh, we're seeing that the, the dual mandate is just in a little bit better shape than we previously thought. And would that mean uh, a lower peak in the official cash rate, perhaps 5% rather than 525 or higher, as some people had been expecting before Christmas? Well, it's definitely a possibility. We were forecasting a peak of 575 uh, before before the CPI data, before inflation data, we're now forecasting a peak of 5.25. It's really going to depend on how comfortable the Reserve Bank feels that sort of those wage price spiral and those inflation expectations. If those measures start to come down, I think the Reserve Bank's going to be a lot more comfortable with the uh, amount of hiking and OCR lifts that they've lived so far. Thank you very much. That's Finn Robinson, an economist with ANZ. And a sign that uh, households are perhaps starting to feel a little bit of a pinch in the latest data from the credit bureau Centric, where the demand for household goods uh, and uh, services is expected to drop as households uh, find themselves more in arrears. Consumer arrears hit a three-year high in December and new consumer loans increased by more than a quarter, people turning to credit to fund their lifestyles. Centrix Managing Director Keith McLaughlin expects demand for goods and services will drop as households pick up, uh, pick and choose what they go uh, choose to go without to meet debt payments. You'll find that there will be a, a more control over the household budget. Um, people will only buy what they feel as though they can afford to buy. The retail spending will go down, particularly on non-essential items, and uh, that will lead, in my view, to straining of the economy to some extent. People who do go into arrears are encouraged to speak to the lender or the credit provider very early in the process and see if they can restructure their loans to a level that they can afford. And I think there will be more pressure on budgeting services and support services in the community. Keith McLaughlin says people tend to prioritise their repayments with mortgages and car loans being the last to fall into arrears. Of course, a lot of those payments are being made by the plastic. The Commerce Commission is taking a closer look at the extra fees that some retailers are charging for payments using credit cards or debit cards, such as using PayWave. A law change last year put a cap on the transaction fees between banks and the card companies, with those savings expected to have been passed on to consumers. Retail NZ Chief Executive Greg Harford says some merchants may still be unaware about the drop in charges. I mean, most retailers are not applying a surcharge. It's more common in hospitality, ticketing and, and tourism. But it's certainly important if you are putting a surcharge on your customer transactions, you need to make really clear that those surcharges are in fact covering the cost that you're incurring and no more than that. 
Greg Harford said the Commerce Commission also needs to take a close look at whether banks are passing on the savings on the interchange fees to merchants. Let's catch up now with what's happening on financial markets. I'm joined by Malika King of Craig's Investment Partners. Kira to you, Malika. Kira Giles. It's been a solid start to the year for the local share market. And then today I noticed it's actually been quite a strong start uh, in, for the new month. Yeah, it certainly has. Um, we're up 0.8 of a percent or 92 points at 12,059 points on the NZX 50, probably following the lead of, um, of the US last night. Um, looking at the top 10 stocks, A2 Milk's up $0.09 cents at $7.50. Auckland Airport's up $0.04 cents at $8.54. Contact up 4 at $7.80. Fisher & Paykel Healthcare's up $0.38 cents at $25.64. Fletcher Building's up $0.11 cents at $5.18. Infratil's up $0.07 cents at $8.96. Main Freight's up $0.65 cents at $72.10. Meridian's up $0.03 cents at $5.36. Ryman's up $0.05 cents at $6.94. And sparks up four cents at five dollars twenty-four and a half. So that's good gains for all the uh, leading stocks there. What's it looking like in Australia? Yeah, similar start over there. Um, they're up 074 of a percent on the ASX 200 at seven thousand five hundred and thirty-two points, and a good day for the mining stocks over there today. Looking at the New Zealand dollar, holding well, any reaction at all to those jobs numbers? Well, actually, we're a bit weaker um, against all those currencies we follow. We're buying 64.35 US cents, 91.2 Australian, 52.26 pence, 59.2 euro cents, 83.7 yen and 4.34 yuan. Uh, How's interest rates, oil and gold? Nice day bank bills are at 4.895%. The five-year swaps at 4.25% and the 10 years at 4.24%. Brent crude's $83.35 US a barrel, and spot gold's $1,928 US an ounce. Thank you very much. That's Malika King from Craig's Investment. That dip in the currency and slightly softer interest rates might just point to uh, the financial markets starting to price in only 50 basis point rise by the Reserve Bank in a couple of weeks.